provided in this podcast is intended for general information and educational purposes only. Any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is at your own risk. If you have or suspect you may have a medical or mental health condition, please seek the advice of a qualified healthcare professional. The hosts and guests of this podcast do not assume any liability or responsibility for any actions taken based on the information provided. All right, happy Monday, everyone, and welcome back to the Renew You Evolution of Her podcast. And today we're going to take a deep dive into the topic of emotional eating. We touched on it before. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into it today and talk about how emotional eating becomes a, a repeated cycle uh, between our thoughts and repeated actions. So repeated thoughts and repeated actions um, and how it actually uh, perpetrates the emotional eating cycle. And so it's all too easy for us to fall into the habit of using food to cope, right? Stress, emotions, boredom, loneliness, and all these things we've touched on before. But the more often you do it, the more the body becomes accustomed to it and the more likely you are to keep doing it and doing it again. I think last week we talked about it when we talked about sugar and how we actually uh, ingrain these things into our brain or we actually train our brain to accept this type of behavior by doing it over and over again. So there actually is a physical element and an emotional element to what we're going to talk about today. And I'll touch on that a little bit later. So in fact, um, during periods of time of intense emotion and stress, right, we can often, you know, mistake these for uh, overeating, right? Because we've created the habit of doing so, right? Oh, I'm stressed out. I'm just going to eat. I'm just going to, you know, I'm just stressed out and girl, I'm just stressed out. And, you know, you just grab something, grab some ice cream because again, right, it makes us feel better targeting that part of the brain, uh, at least temporarily. However, the mental and physical effects of stress actually cause our body lack of energy, right? Um, So this is why we're tired. (laughs) So it's the cycle, right? Um, I actually did a workshop on the chronic stress cycle and how, Somehow we got to get in there and break it up so it doesn't continue to repeat itself again on an emotional, <coughs> excuse me, in a physical level. So this, which leads to a natural, a natural instinct for us to, right, seek more food and more sleep. So the mental and, um, <coughs> oh, excuse me. So if you're struggling with emotional eating, it's important to recognize this cycle, right? It's really very, very important to recognize, become self-aware if you're not self-aware already to recognize the cycle and not only recognize it, but take the steps to do something about it, to break it, right? Stay in tune to learn more about how to overcome uh, this. It's a habit, right? Because remember, I talked about last week that we're all, to some degree, an emotional eater because that's what we've been trained to do in our society um, and do this so we can achieve a, a healthier and uh, better relationship with food, right? Because remember, food is not our enemy. It's how we look at food and how we use food um, to nourish our body because that's what it's all about, right? We want to use food to nourish our body and we can enjoy some things, right? If 90, 95% of your food is used to nourish your body, then, you know, quite naturally eating some cookies or, you know, or a piece of cake or a pie or something like that, that you enjoy is not, you know, it's not a horrible thing. And in fact, to be honest with you, nine times out of 10, you really won't even want it because you won't even crave it anymore. You'll be like, oh, 
you know, you take a bite of it and you'll be like, oh, wow. Once this was my go-to thing, you know, anytime I felt bad or emotional and before you know it, it's not even a thing anymore. So trust me on that one. It actually happens. <laughs> so today we're actually going to talk about three quick topics. Um, understanding the root causes, of course, because, you know, I'm all about the root cause, right? We don't want any band-aid solutions. We want to get to the root the root cause of what is going on with us, right? Again, keep in mind those four pillars of wellness, which are nutrition, not diet, nutrition, stress care. I changed the name of that, right? I like the sound of stress care as opposed to stress management. So nutrition, stress care, diet, and sleep, or excuse me, nutrition, um, exercise and sleep. So those are the four pillars of wellness. So anytime um, that we are doing this podcast, right? Always keep those four things in mind because they rotate, right? But at all times, they should all be in motion because that's what's what we call the uh, wellness wheel, right? Um, part of the wellness wheel that keeps us um, healthy and balanced. Okay, so we're going to talk about uh, understanding the root causes of emotional eating, breaking the cycle of repeated thoughts and actions, and developing a healthier relationship with food. So those are the three things we're actually going to touch on today. And, you know, at any time, you know, ladies or anyone's listen to this podcast, you know, feel free to direct message me. If you have something that you want to discuss, uh, feel free to do that. You know, hey, you know, Rachel, this is something that um, I would like to hear you talk about. Go ahead and drop me a note and I'll be happy to um, incorporate that into the schedule or, you know, at least answer your questions if you have any questions. Okay. So, um, our first point, right. It's understood. It's uh, important to understand, um, the root cause of emotional eating and why we turn to food as a coping mechanism. So we're going to talk about a couple of triggers that lead to emotional eating, right? Stress being one of them, anxiety, boredom, loneliness, and how to identify them or how you can look in your life and identify them because that's the real important thing. Like how does stress show up in your life? Right. Um, because you have your own set of triggers. Right. We have this guideline or, you know, things that, you know, uh, or broad spectrum of, of signs and signs and symptoms that they jot down and says, oh, you know, stress looks like this and stress looks like that. But stress may look something um, totally different to you. You know, I know some people who pick their hair. Right. Or, you know, pick at their hair. That's a form of stress or, you know, um, <clears throat> they scratch their they scratch their skin until it's raw or they, you know, they do some type of stimming behavior because that's how stress shows up in, in their life or, you know, it doesn't always have to do with eating. So just um, for those of you that it does show up in eating, that's what we're going to talk about today. So again, um, uh, stress is the big one because uh, like the sugar that we talked about last week, the carbs, when we're stressed, our body releases that cortisol, which increases our appetite and it causes us to crave unhealthy foods. The cycle with that is that your body, is, this is a physical thing that's going on, right? It's a physical imbalance that's going on. Cortisol, cortisol needs energy. It needs sugar. It needs carbs in order to function, just like your car needs gas in order to go. Cortisol needs energy in the form of carbs and sugars in order to do its job. So everybody, like I said, has some type of stress that they're dealing with. And to some degree, 
think I told the story uh, early on in the podcast that, um, not this one, but early on when I started the podcast is that sometimes we've been dealing with stressful situations so long to where we actually don't even realize that it does cause stress. And so we've just learned to deal with it and we manage it, but that's not healthy either because our body has, uh, our body has adapted to a stressful situation to where now our foot is just on the gas, right? And it's just going, 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 going until something gives. For me, it was my thyroid, right? It, for me, it, it, it progressed from stress to chronic stress, blew out my adrenal glands, wasn't aware of it, just thought, you know, cause I had a lot going on, um, in my life during that time, I just thought it was just like, whoo, I'm just tired and overworked from being a single parent, going to school, you know, trying, trying to do too much, um, at once, which that was a part of it too. But then there was an emotional factor, um, tied to that because my mother was really sick. She actually ended up passing away. So I was dealing with the stress from that, you know, uh, life changes. And then I was in a relationship that that ended. So I just had a lot going on. Right. And it just got to the point to where just, you know, um, something had to give and it was me. <laughs> so I, that's why I talk about these things so much because I want to impress upon you enough, um, want to impress upon you the point that you have to take a step back, right? We hear it all the time, right? Sometimes it just falls on deaf ears. Cause for me, it was like that too, right? Um, uh, falls on deaf ear, goes in one ear, comes out the other. Yeah, 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 I could do this. You know, we tend to be superwoman and we want to handle everything, but the kids, but the job, but the husband, but the partner, but this, but this, and you know, you have to take care of everything. No, you don't. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say no. It's okay to set boundaries. It's okay to say not right now. It's okay to say this doesn't work for me. All those things are okay because once your health goes, none of it matters anyway, right? None of it matters. So believe me when I tell you that you have to carve some time out for stress care, self-care, whatever you want to call it, self-love, self-care, all of it it's all kind of tied together. It's really not because you, you know, you love yourself. You take care of what you love. Right. And that includes you. Right. Take care of your kids. You love your kids. You take care of your kids. You take care of your animals. Uh, all these other things. Right. You take the time and attention and get them cute clothes and all that kind of stuff. You could do the same thing for you. All right. So, uh, sorry, <laughs> I had to go off on a tangent a little bit, but getting back to understanding the root cause of emotional eating, um, Oh yeah, we were talking about uh, the the stress and the cortisol and um, how uh, you know it increases our appetite because that's what uh, cortisol needs and different things like that. And so, same thing, feelings uh, feelings of loneliness or boredom, right, can lead to you know mindless snacking. You know, uh, just right, it's just out of habit, right? You're just like, oh, you know, let me bored, let me you know grab you know one of my favorite snacks or whatever. But you know, that is a trigger. Right. We often tie, uh, tie it to emotional eating to stress, but those are triggers also boredom and loneliness, right? Comfort food, right? You're lonely. You want to comfort yourself in some way because again, it triggers that part of the brain, right? That makes you feel good for a moment and then it goes away and then it, it's a cycle, right? It starts all over again. 
right? I'm feeling lonely. I'll eat something. It triggers that part of the brain and it continues on and on and on. So we have to uh, break the cycle. So if you're lonely, you know, that's another path that you could go down, you know, if it's been an animal um, or, or something that you can hug, hold on to or whatever. I was actually listening to, uh, there was this lady on TikTok the other day and she was uh, talking about, she, uh, I guess she hadn't, um, maybe she, growing up, she hadn't uh, been touched uh, or hugged. Let me, let me put it that way. Um, uh, and she was craving that, right? I mean, she was just in tears uh, describing how she just yearned for that feeling of just being touched, right? Um, you know, that feeling of loneliness for her. And, you know, I have to be honest because for me, I'm a hugger. I grew up from uh, a family, you know, we're all huggers and greet you. Hey, give me a hug. Say goodbye. Give me a hug because, you know, you just don't, you just don't know. And so, um, I just come from, you know, that type of a family, but I can actually pick up on that, right? I can actually pick up on when people, um, aren't used to being hugged. Right. Um, and it, it's a feeling it's kind of like they want it, but they push back or the cold is like very, it's very cold. Um, it's not really embracing or, um, or anything like that. So, um, anyway, you know, I, I can identify with those feeling of loneliness from, I guess, from a different perspective, not necessarily being, um, you know, I may be alone, you know, sometimes, but I don't necessarily have the feelings of, of loneliness or, or, um, things like that. But, uh, I definitely, you know, that definitely is a thing with most people. So, um, you know, and that could lead to, you know, all other types of behaviors, not necessarily emotional eating, but, you know, since we're just talking about eating, uh, because that is a big thing, like emotional eating is a, is a big thing for a lot of people. And so, um, the key here is to start by keeping a food diary, if it's possible for you, um, you know, again, here we go with the list, tracking your emotions alongside your meals and snacks and so on and so forth. Um, the main takeaway here that I want you to get from this is, uh, once you become like really tuned into your body and the awareness of it, like the lady I was explaining on the TikTok video, like in the emotions that were coming up with it, what is the behavior that you do alongside of that? That's a whole key right there. So she's emotional. She's crying. She's in this place, right? What is the behavior that goes along with that? Because that is a trigger, right? And that's the biggest takeaway from that is to understand or recognize once you've identified your trigger is to find a healthy way to address it. That's it. That's the key. That's the kit and the caboodle. That's the whole nutshell right there. Once you've identified the trigger, it could be a person, it could be a place, it could be a thing, right? Like really a person, place or thing or something that triggers a certain type of feeling. And it doesn't necessarily have to be negative. I actually have another client who, um, you know, growing up, right? Cause we're talking about how we all, you know, we socialize around food and we get together. Um, she comes from a big family and, um, you know, again, celebrating around food. And so, you know, over the holidays, uh, she lost her dad. And so, um, you know, we, we were just, you know, briefly talking about how, you know, family is very important to her. And, you know, growing up, she had really good memories of, you know, 
food and fun and family, right? And so that's still, even though it's a positive emotion because it brings up positive feelings and different things like that or good times or happy times, remember that's still a form of an emotion that triggers eating. So it doesn't necessarily have to be negative or trauma related. It could be actually a good feeling, right? That triggers emotional eating. Nonetheless, you know, um, you could sit with your feelings, right? You don't necessarily have to grab food, right? Um, but you could sit with your feeling, you know, smile, journal, um, you know, uh, or, or whatever it is. But, you know, because, you know, when, when we talk about food and emotions and how those things can get out of hand because they're wired to our brain, right? And then it has that physical attachment that goes along with it, right? The hormonal thing that goes along with it. That's where it becomes a problem. So I just wanted to be able to separate that for you um, in case, you know, because uh, um, we hear so much about the negative, right? Emotional eating, you know, it's negative. It's negative in the sense that, right, it causes us to behave in a manner that is unhealthy for our bodies, right? But the emotion itself may not necessarily be um a bad thing, right? If it brings back good memories, right? It's just an emotion that brings back good memories. And so, um, just wanted you to be mindful of that, right? So again, if you're bored, you know, <clears throat> you're recognizing that you're bored instead of grabbing something to eat, like, oh, I'm bored. I'm just going to sit here and, you know, grab these, you know, cookies or chips and, you know, watch this, you know, latest binge on Netflix, you know, get up and go for a walk, do something, you know, find a hobby, uh, go for a walk, call, you know, um, uh, do something right. Constructive or, um, <laughs> uh, like that. Right. Uh, so you won't sit up there and snack, uh, mind mindlessly, right. On something. All right. So number two, uh, breaking the cycle of repeated thoughts and actions. Um, so emotional eating, again, comes with that habit of repeating, um, during, you know, repeatedly turning to food as a way to deal with difficult emotions. So I'm going to say that again, emotional eating becomes a habit when we repeatedly turn to food as a way to deal with difficult emotions. So when we talk about how, you know, some strategies and things that we can use to help deal with that, right. Talking about mindfulness and meditation, you know, mindful, just meaning, um, you know, being aware of your choices and doing something different, right. Being mindful of what's going on. Yes. You're being present, but being mindful of it and doing something different, meditating, relaxing, um, Again, the key is to become self-aware techniques to help break this cycle. Once you become aware of it, you do something um, different, healthy in order to break that cycle. Right. Because once you break the mental cycle, then you can actually break the physical cycle. Because remember, it's not one or the other. They both work in tandem. They both work together. Um, and that's why it, it, it makes this this thing so difficult. Right. And to address the underlying emotional conditions that are attached to it or uh, issues that are attached to it. All right. So um, number three is developing a healthier relationship with food. So here's the thing. When it comes to food. Right. Um, you know. 
everybody looks at food differently. Like I, I, I hate, I would say, I like to use the word hate, but I really hate the diet culture and diet meaning, you know, like everybody's so fixated on losing weight, right? And what diet is the best diet and intermittent fasting and keto and paleo and counting calories and macro balancing and all that to where, uh, it, it's just, it's a lot is it's too much. Right. Um, what happened when we didn't have these apps? What happened when these things weren't a thing, right? If you don't take nothing else, the number two takeaway from this episode is that our body is built on balance. Everything in this universe, everything from your checkbook to cooking to everything, your tires, your car is built on balance. If it's out of balance, then it's going to be a problem. Okay. And your body is no different. Okay. Your hormones are there to balance, help balance out your body. It's doing it all day long, up and down, up and down, shifting in and out the cells. That's what your body is doing all day long. And food is the, is the raw material that it needs in order to do it. Right. So say, for example, you're making a cake, right? And the recipe calls for three eggs. You're not going to give it two. Not if you want the type of cake that you're trying to make. You're, you're, if it asks, if the recipe asks for three eggs and a half a cup or a third of a cup of oil and a pinch of salt or, you know, a fourth of a teaspoon, because we're going to be precise here, right? A fourth of a teaspoon of, of salt, right? Some baking powder, um, you know, or whatever it is, again, whatever kind of cake you're making, you're going to follow the directions according to the recipe in order to make that type of cake. Well, when it comes to nutrition and our bodies, our bodies have a recipe. It's real simple. It's in our DNA. It's real simple, meaning like it's hidden in plain sight, right? It's in our DNA. Our hormones need protein. And healthy fat in order to function. But the minute we say, I'm going to go on a low fat diet, right? Because I heard that fat is bad. Fat doesn't make you fat. It doesn't. Your body produces fat, actually. When it has too much and it doesn't, it's out of balance. Your body actually produces more cholesterol, but it produces cholesterol anyway, right? It's the imbalance that causes the problem, but not the food itself. Take say for the additives and all that other kind of stuff. I'm just talking about eating to nourish your body properly. Okay. And <clears throat> understanding, uh, again, giving your body what it needs in order to do its job. Food is the raw material in order to do that. So if you're low in magnesium, if you're low in calcium, if you're, you know, you're not uh, getting enough of your B vitamins or if you, you know, you're stressed out and you don't have uh, enough C or zinc or different things like that, it's going to affect your body. Why? Because you're out of balance. So cutting calories is not going to help. You're not going to lose weight because guess what? You're out of balance and your body is going to Go to the greatest need first in order to cure, not cure meaning, you know, uh, uh, like in um, curing a disease or anything like that, but cure meaning to fix the problem, right? In order to fix the problem before 
it shifts the energy to, oh, hey, I just want to lose weight because that need is greater to the body, right? Reducing inflammation is more important than you losing that five pounds. So where do you think your body's going to spend that energy on reducing the inflammation? Because inflammation that's out of control causes a bigger problem. So while you're over here counting your calories and over here trying to balance your macros, right? Because you've heard somebody tell you that this is the way to go. This is the new thing now. Eat 50% of that and 25% of that and another 2% of that. Instead of giving your body in what it needs in order to do its job, in order for it to function for you. That's how we create a healthy relationship with food. It doesn't mean that you can't eat, like I said, an occasional cookie pie or, you know, cut a cake or whatever, dessert, ice cream, whatever you want, because then it's this not a problem because your cravings aren't out of control. Right. Because your body has what it needs. So you're not craving those things. Cravings come from imbalances. Cravings come from things that our body Right. It's a signal. It's some. it's a sign that something is out of balance. It's, it's not like, oh, I want a cookie versus, oh, I need a cookie. Right. Oh, you know, what? I think I, I haven't had a cookie in a while. Like if you could walk down the grocery store aisle and, and not be tempted to just be like, like you're a drug addict. Right. Not making light of drug addicts because that's a problem. But like you're tempted to go down the aisle to pick up something because it's just like, oh, I just got to have it in the house. You know, you can just bypass it. Like you won't even have those cravings anymore. I'm telling you, when your body gets in balance, it's just like a whole new world. Then you can actually enjoy it. That's what we call food freedom, right? Then you can actually enjoy the foods that you want. Like there's so many amazing foods. I don't know if you're like me, but I watch those cooking shows. I'm like, that is so pretty, right? It's like food, like you should be able to taste the food, right? Taste the different textures and aromas and flavors and seasonings and all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, that's what food freedom does for you. Right. But if you're so afraid to eat because you're so afraid, like you're going to gain these, you know, gain this weight. It's like, like that's the cycle we want to break you from. Right. That's the cycle that I want to try to help you get out of. Right. It's to develop a healthier relationship with food. First and foremost, understand what food is supposed to do for your body. Once your body gets in balance, right. The weight just comes off naturally. Like really it just falls off like butter, right. Making sure that you're drinking the water like you're supposed to. Right. Making sure you're drinking the water like you're supposed to, because that's what moves everything around. Right. Uh, you don't want to drink the water. Guess what? You're going to have a pro uh, hard time. You're going to have a hard time losing weight. Right. Because you're that's the vehicle that moves all the nutrients and everything around. And your body will hold on to what doesn't uh, what it doesn't get. So if you're if you're not drinking water, then it will retain it. Why? Because it needs to move everything around. And how else is it going to do it? It's going to take it right from your colon. Right. And now you're constipated <laughs> telling you like it, it, this is it's like a vicious cycle. So how do we develop a healthier relationship with food? Right. Understanding what food does and what it means to our body, like emphasizing the importance of developing the healthier relationship with food, not looking at food like an enemy, but as fuel for your body. Right. Is to nourish your body, not only your body, your mind you know, your joints and everything. Like, what can I, uh, I, I did a post today earlier on Facebook about, you know, uh, Swiss chard and, you know, cause I actually only have half of my thyroid, right? 
I told you before, like I blew, blew half of my thyroid out. And so I don't take medication because that, that's just a personal toy, a choice that I don't want to take medication. So I get it from food. Like I, where are sources of iodine that I could get in food? And so that's what I eat. Like I eat things that are rich in iodine so my body can get it. Right. And so, uh, I don't need to eat a whole lot of it because once my body has its fill, guess what? I'm not really hungry. So when you're hungry, it's like your body is trying to fill this black hole, right? When you're constantly hungry and hungry and hungry and all the time, like pasta, right? Uh, uh, things that aren't very filling or nutrient dense foods. That's what you want to go for. Nutrient dense foods. Okay. So understanding, um, again, healthier relationship with food and learning how to cultivate that, right? Um, making sustainable changes to our eating habits for the long term. And you can start incorporating these different things into your, into your meal plan. I don't like to call it a diet, like I said, or, you know, your way of eating. And by implementing these things, right, you could actually help to break the cycle of emotional eating. So if you just want to have something sweet, then grab a piece of fruit, right? Again, if you can't go outside for a walk or if you can't do something healthy, uh, um, you know, we have to find out what's going on with you, what's going on in, in your life or, you know, just like any other uh, bad habit, you know, that's uh, challenging to break. I'm not going to say it's hard to break or it's not doable, but uh, you definitely want to go through these things. Right. Um, to create a balanced and more fulfilling relationship with food, because I'm telling you, like, there's a lot of amazing uh, types of foods out there. Right. You got Asian foods, uh, you know, Mexican food. uh Mediterranean food, like all kinds of right Chinese food, Thai food. Um, I, I, like I said, I mean, I'm a foodie. I enjoy food, so I'm trying to help you <laughs> develop a healthier relationship with food, so you can enjoy it too. All right. So, uh, with that being said, uh, the three things that we talked about today, right, are emotional eating, how to break um, the how to break the cycle, right? Rewrite the script, e break uh, break the cycle, and overcome emotional eating for a healthier and uh, balanced relationship with food. So that is the whole thing that we talked about today. Understanding the root causes of emotional eating. We talked about the triggers that can lead to emotional eating, such as stress, huge one, right? Anxiety, boredom, uh, loneliness, and discussed how to identify these things and once, um, and to overcome them becoming a habit. If they're already a habit, how to reverse that, right? Identify them and do something, um, healthy, right? And a healthy alternative in order to break that habit, uh, breaking the cycle of repeated thoughts and actions, um, how emotional eating becomes a habit when we, when we repeatedly turn to food as a way to deal with difficult emotions. So, um, you know, some of the people have, uh, other things instead of food, they have vices, alcohol, drugs, and different things like that. That's just an alternative. Uh, but the same thing applies, right? Or we'll discuss, uh, strategies, mindfulness, being mindful once you become aware that that's a trigger doing something different. Like I said before, meditation, it's a, a form of getting, getting the body to calm down a relaxation techniques to break the uh, cycle <clears throat> and address the underlying emotional issues. The key here, like I said, the biggest takeaway is I, is to address the trigger, right? Once you become aware of the trigger, bam, that's when you do something about it. What can I do different? Right. Once that feeling arises, I'm telling you the first couple of times, it may be kind of a challenge, but afterwards, um, it, it just, it really does just become easier. Um, 
and more doable. Developing a healthier relationship with food. We emphasize the importance of developing um, that healthier relationship with food by shifting our mindset from using food as a source of comfort, right? And to view it as a way to fuel our bodies, right? What is it? What is few, uh, food really meant to do? It's to nourish our mind and our body, right? So we could heal, right? Um, immunity, um, that's what it's used for, right? To build immunity, to control our blood sugar, you know, antioxidant to help protect our cells. Like food is supposed to be doing all of this kind of stuff, right? It's not supposed to be comforting us emotionally. It actually has a purpose, right? That's what food is used for. And so that's how we should actually be eating. And that's one of the things that I, that I teach during my transformation, but, um, our renew, uh, my renew you transformation, but by implementing these strategies, uh, you can actually help break the cycle of emotional eating and achieve a more balanced and fulfilled relationship with food. So um, that's all that I have for you today. I hope you got something from it. As always, I hope you found some value in this um, emotional eating, breaking the cycle and implementing the strategies that can actually help you address the underlying emotional issues um, that come from that. We all have them. It's just becoming not only becoming aware of them, but actually doing something um, about it in order to break the cycle by understanding the root causes again. Right. And implementing those strategies, address those emotional issues that are bringing these things up. And it could be work related. It could be husband related. It could be partner related. It could be kid related. Right. It just could be something that we've just learned to do over and over again. Right. Repeating that cycle. Right. And we just have to get out of that cycle of repeating. Right. Um, you know, I encourage you really to try to incorporate healthier alternatives to cope with these difficult emotions. Right. Walking, um, you know, practicing self-care, stress care, making different choices, smaller choices, right? It doesn't have to be anything big or over the top, but you just got to start, right? Identify them, write them down. Or when you start having those feelings or, you know, your stomach starts getting into knots or you start breaking out into a sweat or like, again, you know what your triggers are. And once you be, and once you see them or, you know, once you experience them, that's the point to do something about it, right? And if you're normally, um, prone or, um, inclined to grab something to eat that's when you want to stop that um and do something uh different and <clears throat> break that habit of turning to food for emotional comfort and uh start to create or cultivate a healthier relationship with food healthier and balanced relationship with food okay so if you are struggling with that right and you're like you know, raise your hand, Rachel, I do need some help with this. You know, um, I kind of know what they are, but I, I would like some help, um, and to break this cycle, you know, feel free to reach out to me, like, please. Right. Um, in taking your health and wellness, um, journey, uh, to, to the next level, right. You know, the Renew You Transformation program is built on that, right? We talk about restoring your body, metabolism, hormone signaling uh, by targeting the root cause, right? Getting your body back in balance. I talk about balance all the time, right? Balance, balance, balance. Once your body's in balance, then we start working on those emotional triggers, right? Uh, <clears throat> and different things like that. Incorporating an exercise program, that's for you, 
right? Not anything that's over the top or hit workouts or anything crazy. If you know, that's not what you're into. I actually write exercise programs. So if that's something that you're into, Hey, we could do something that, you know, Rachel, if I want to run a marathon, well then guess what? Your exercise program will be, uh, getting you in shape to run that marathon or whatever it is that you want to do. But the point is, right. We just want to help you to break the cycle of emotional eating, stress less and live more, right? Uh, healthy and balanced and working on you from the inside out. That's what this thing is all about, right? Restoring, releasing, rebuilding, and refining the whole process, right? That's what we're, that's what we're talking about. Using the four pillars of wellness, nutrition, stress care, self-care, sleep, and exercise, because you need all four of those anyway. All right. So thank you for listening. With that being said, and I look forward to having you join me next time for more empowering discussions on how you can transform your life from the inside out. And again, don't forget to direct, uh, send me a direct message if you have any questions or you want to learn more about the Renew You Transformation program. Or, or you could join my Facebook group, uh, Fit and Fearless Females, Tips for Healthy Living, Stress Care and Weight Loss for more support and inspiration on your wellness journey. And with that being said, I hope you have a wonderful, blessed rest of your day, um, whatever time you're watching this or evening. And again, thank you for tuning in. And I look forward to chatting with you again soon. All right. Bye for now.